I've always said that my goal as a teacher is I want to be that teacher, and, and not for my own personal, you know, gratitude or making me look good, but I want to be known as that teacher is like, you know what, I really wasn't a big fan of school, but I had a good time in Mr. Clark's class. You know what I mean? I want, I want them to enjoy being a fourth grader, have those good memories of being a kid. Because my favorite years when I was a kid was, I, I actually wanted to be a fifth grade teacher, and I was my first year. Because as a fifth grader, that was the happiest time of my life. I was good at school. I developed my first crush in fifth grade. It was just like the happiest time of my life, and I want, it's almost like reliving it with those kids. Welcome to the 205 Vibe Podcast. I am your host, Earl Dotson Jr. And we are back for another fabulous episode. And I am very pleased, very excited uh, to talk to another teacher. We are we're continuing continuing our series on just talking to teachers and kind of getting a feel for how things are going in the classroom, um, in this environment, working through a pandemic. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have with us today the one and only Scott Clark. From Johnson Elementary School, fourth grade teacher. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Mr. Dodson. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love podcasting, as you know, so I was very excited to get the uh, the invite to be here. Absolutely. So full disclosure, um, Scott and I kind of were conversating prior to us beginning the podcast. Mm-hmm. And Fellow nerd. I found out that he is a, um, he's a Packer fan. <laughs> And yes. yet we are going to continue this podcast. <laughs> Much uh, to the chagrin of my uh, my principal. She is, she's, she's threatened to fire me multiple times <laughs> just for being a Packers fan. So, To all my Bears fans out there. But thank you, Scott. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're here, man. Thank you for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Like I, said. I, just, I guess I just want to start out. You, um, What grade do you teach? Fourth grade. You teach the fourth grade. I've got the best class. I love my students this year. They and I'm not saying that just because I know they're listening. I told them I was going to be here today. Uh, they are a great bunch of kids. They usually are every year, uh, but this group in particular are just very full of energy and a lot of fun. And how long have you been teaching in the district and then at Johnson? I've been at Johnson for six years, and uh, but in the district for seven. I was at Spring Creek prior to that. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So are you you're a fully remote teacher this year? Yes, I am 100% remote. So just. You know, for people who um, just talk about that, just that that whole adjustment from being a teacher who had lesson plans and was ready to you're used to dealing with students in person and that interaction and all the things that come with people being physically together. What's been what's been some of the big adjustments for you? In this well, remote? first off, I'm tired, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'll be I'll be totally honest. Yes, I'm sir, exhausted. Please. And when you talk about adjustments, uh, a lot of the adjustments that have taken place in my classroom have been around technology because I'm a big technology guy uh-huh. uh, in general. And so I feel like I'm adjusting throughout the year. I've kind of restarted from scratch almost on how I'm doing everything at least three or four times. Uh, some with the help of our MTSS instructor that's given me some uh, advice on differentiating remotely. Sure. Which has been great. Sure, but I, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I didn't know what to do. I was at a loss. I was, uh, uh, you know, I I still don't even consider myself to be a really good teacher in person. And then you throw me in front and do it this way. It's been it's been crazy. But you're very um, modest. I, obviously, very I'm I'm comfortable in front of a camera. I'm comfortable in, on a microphone. I'm a teacher anyway, so I'm comfortable speaking in front of uh, tiny humans, as I call them, in my classroom. Uh, every morning. Good morning, tiny humans. <laughs> but uh, uh, I mean, at the beginning of the year, it was I, I was recording lessons before, like before, like like for my lesson plans. I would actually record myself teaching a lesson, put it on YouTube, 
and then you know watching me manipulate on a PowerPoint presentation, and then I would upload it to YouTube, give them the link to watch it instead of like trying to teach them all, because as I'm finding with remote, a lot of kids just aren't there. You know, there's, there's, we don't have uh, quite as many kids in kids present as we did when we had them in person. So if they miss it, they're missing out on the lesson. So I thought, well, why don't I just record the lesson and then let them watch it at their own time and, and do that. That's that's so that that's exactly what that's a that's thank you for that. That so that's kind of that's a great and a great example of you know we talk about adjustments and you know how do you how do you kind of do the, do this on the fly and use your own kind of creativity along with that same those same lines uh kind of what you just described as a as a way to uh, kind of so, so students can watch the lesson plan afterwards um obviously with fourth graders building those relationships and being very person personable and 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 connecting with them how have you been trying to, and you, and you, again, being savvy with technology, how have you, how have you tried to reach them to develop those very important relationships that, that a teacher and a student develop? Well, one of the biggest things that I do, I actually learned in my uh, uh, master's program. I was in, I was in the cohort for urban education. Okay. And thank you for that, by the way. That was, that was awesome. Um, but one of the things that we learned there was a, was something called restorative practices. If you're, if you're not familiar with it, it is where you start each morning with a circle. And obviously we're not in person, so we had to do this virtually. But you start in a circle, all the kids sit in a circle, and we have a talking object, and we have a question of the day. It could be anything, like what's your favorite breakfast cereal, or tell me who your hero is, or whatever it is. And somebody starts, and they say their answer, and they pass the ball to somebody else. We go around the room, and, and we answer it. And then at the same time, when we're, we're done... Then we open it up to the group and say, hey, what's on your heart or mind that's keeping you from being focused or engaged today? And that's a chance for the kid to open up and say something that's bothering them that, that may be keeping them from being as engaged in the classroom as they should be. And the purpose for that at its core is conflict resolution because what we wind up doing is having the kids, if there's, a, if there's some conflict between students or if there's conflict between a student and a teacher or a student and a principal, it's happened, We've, and I'll get to that in just a second, but the idea is that you teach kids how to handle this kind of conflict using the circle. Instead of having the whole class, they have a small circle in the hallway by themselves with the talking ball, and whoever you know has something, whoever called the circle starts, and they say, this is why I'm upset, um, I want to work on this, and they pass the ball and they work it out. It sounds crazy to do that with 9- to 10-year-olds, but I can tell you in past years, when I had them in person at least, um, by the end of the year, I had kids coming to me saying, hey, Mr. Clark, uh, is it okay if so-and-so and I go and have a circle in the hallway? I'm like, all right, you got four minutes. And they come back in three minutes and say, all right, we're good now. And I don't have anything to do with it anymore. They just handled it themselves. Awesome. So the, I love that. Yeah, it was a, it's a really great thing that we've implemented. It's a daily thing. It's been a daily thing for, for me in my classroom. And it's a good way to, it's a good way to get the day started, too. Kids actually want to be there. They don't. It's part. It, it helps them be on time because they don't want to miss the circle. You know what I mean? They want to be part of that conversation, so that's there. But it also is a way to just build that conflict resolution, build the relationships. We actually had. You heard me mention like conflict between teacher. You know, I've had students call a circle with me, and say, "Hey, um, I think you're favoring this student over other students, and I don't think it's very fair." And he said, "You know what? You're right. I when a student calls me out on something like that." First off, how brave is that for sure. a student to go to their teacher and sure. do that? 
And another one was uh, we had a we asked a student asked or a bunch of students asked to call a circle with our principal. Not anything that she did, but there was an issue in the lunchroom with like my class was getting punished for what the entire fourth grade was doing in terms of being loud, and they felt like they were following the instructions. And they and so they called a circle with my my principal and uh, and came up with a solution on how to fix it and started doing that for the rest of the year. So. It was. It was. It, the circle is very powerful for a number of reasons: conflict resolution, building relationships, um, and, and just problem solving. You know, th- just two quick thoughts about that. Sure. One, you know, just hearing you talk about that, um, I think sometimes we, under, you know, that the fourth graders, we underestimate just how smart kids. I mean, how aware they are of their surroundings and certain situations and circumstances. Mm-hmm. The fact that they. Um, you know, they, they, that they want to use the circle to, to deal with uh, conflict between a classmate, mm-hmm. then a teacher, but now the principal. And they're, they are fully aware of um, uh, an, an understanding at that age about um, knowing that they're, some quote unquote, being punished for something that they don't feel is, it is, that is fair. So I, right. I love that. And then the other thing is just, boy, I can, I can think of some adults uh, that could use that's concept and that approach of the circle. That's a I mean, big we need to adopt that. That's we need to adopt that. Uh, just, just, we just start that here. Right. And just adopt that and just say, that's something that, uh, as a standard practice of how we deal with each other. Cause I'm big on that. I think, uh, it reminds me of just, um, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's something that, um, has been passed on throughout our history and time about this whole idea of if you have an ought or a problem with your, with your, your brother or someone, you, you go to them. And so right. what, what, a, what a way to reinforce Well, and then I lesson. was raised that, you know, you go to your brother first, and then if you don't, if you're not able to resolve it, then Bring you go to your brother with, with another friend. Absolutely. And then, you know, I come from a religious background, so the third step was... Go ahead. Like, go ahead. I'm glad you said it. Bring, it. bring it before the church. So we do those steps in our classroom, too. You do a circle with that person, and if they don't respond, then you go have a circle with a, another person to, to confront them with somebody else. And then if that still doesn't resolve, then you bring it in the full class circle in the morning and say, this is an issue, and we talk it together as a class. Fantastic. So let me, let me ask you about, um, um, again, the dynamic of, of so, man, you, you started remote. This is where you know, we started out with a ransomware, and we had, then we went right into yeah. kind of this re- quarantine and pandemic. No technology to all technology. <laughs> what a transformation, huh? Right. Um, what, what, how, how, what about uh, parental contact and involvement? Uh, what, what's the how, how how is that is that different how is that different where you do, you know you're talking with um you know about elementary uh, you know age children who some have parents there others have parents who are at work uh, others are involved others are there others can help with work um, what, what what is what is the, how, how important is the parent parental involvement and how has that been different in this atmosphere. Well, I've always been a huge proponent of parent communication as much as possible. Um, I At conferences, I always tell my parents, look, you've got my email. I've got a Google voice number you can text me or call me on. Um, you, you've got Seesaw. We've got all these different methods of, of communication. Please reach out to me. And I tell every single one of them, even if it's after school hours, I get this on my phone. I text like a 12-year-old girl, so I will see it. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and I always respond. I, I, I always make a promise that I will respond within 24 hours, but it usually doesn't take that long. Uh, in terms of remote, I'm finding that that communication has actually increased 
I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of the parents are there when the, when the students are in class. Sure. You know, some of them are, are home and they're seeing me or, um, or, or they join in. We do a, I, I've been doing with my students a, a movie night. Like I, I've been, re, I, I read books to them. I actually record them. I, I read, I record myself reading a book out loud and, you know, give them some comprehension questions. And then after we finish the book, we get together in the evening and watch it remotely on, on Google Meet. Oh, wow. And, and, uh, awesome. and the parents and siblings and stuff all show up. So it's almost feels like a community family atmosphere kind of thing. And they love it. You know, that, you know that's a great segue into the, my next question of, um, you again, being technology, technic, you know, technology, you're pretty savvy when it comes to technology, you know, how to work, work the, work the equipment and then the different software programs, you know, in this, um, I, you know, this is always a question I pose and think about, uh, that, um, sometimes you can take the, the whole, the whole concept of taking lemons and making lemonade. What do you think some things that we'll be able to take out of this pandemic, this situation, this kind of way we've been virtually teaching, do you, have you found some things that you think you can use moving forward that might be helpful in, in the teaching profession? Personally, uh, absolutely. 100%. I feel like as much as this has been a struggle this year to learn how to teach remotely, especially, you know, you would not, would not have nearly as much prep time as I would have liked to have, have had to do it. Um, I feel like my entire in-person strategy is going to be significantly changed whenever we get back in the classroom. Wow. wow. How so? How so? In what ways? Specifically with di- uh, differentiation. Mm. Uh, that's always been a struggle for me because I, you know, I'm a fourth grade teacher and I'm supposed to expose them to fourth grade material, but some of them aren't quite at fourth grade. So how do I do that? It's always been a struggle for me. I've been uh, working very closely with our MTSS instructor from my building, um, uh, from my building instructor from my building, and she's shown me lots of different uh, technology avenues that uh, really gear instruction specifically towards kids. So I've actually relied on that quite a bit. Um, we talked at the beginning about how my instruction has shifted since the beginning of the year about three or four times. That was one of the big shifts was shifting over to things like MobyMax and Edmentum and, and Khan Academy and just these online resources where I basically teach a short lesson you know, for 15 or 20 minutes. And then I say, okay, and I want you to go practice it and watch a video teaching you how to do it. Not me recording it anymore, just because it it became too much, it became too time consuming and the videos were already there and then cutting them loose and letting them practice it with it. And then also teaching them executive functioning skills in terms of going to that site, doing the work and then coming to Google classroom to turn it in. And it's all accountability. Mm. And I feel like that whenever I get back in the classroom, I'm going to keep that going Sure, sure, because that's how I do online learning as a, at a college, as a college student. Right, you know what I mean? Right, I right, have to go right. in and I have to do the work and turn it in and make sure it's on time. And why not? You know what I mean? So might yeah. as well get that knocked out at the same time. Makes sense. So the differentiation is a huge part of it because um, I, w- I wasn't very good at it. And I feel like I've sharpened those skills quite a bit. And that's going to translate to uh, um, in person for sure. So would you say that that's like the big that's been the biggest challenge is, is differentiation? Differentiation, well, it's a lot easier now. Okay. Um, I mean, it's it's very difficult, even in person, to teach a lesson to 29 different students sure, that sure. not only are at different levels academically, but also learn differently. And you're saying now you've learned now with this, it's helped you with that area, with differentiation. Correct. It's kind of different ways. So then what, what would you say then if you had to pick one thing in terms of like uh, this 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 part of uh, this part of adjusting to this way of teaching? It's probably been my biggest challenge. The, 
Biggest challenge is probably engagement, which is crazy because engagement was always my strong suit when I was in person. Sure. Because it's very, you know, sometimes you feel like an entertainer when you when you're in front of a class, <laughs> and it's very difficult to entertain over a Zoom call uh, or a, or Google Meets or whatever you're using. I mean, how many times have all of us been in a, in a Google, you know, call or a training or something and just kind of you know, yeah, zoned yeah. out a little bit? And we're talking about nine and 10 year olds. Right. And we're asking them to stay engaged for upwards of three, four, five, six hours at a time. Sure. They're, you know, that's the struggle is keeping them excited and, and, and going, Keep, keeping them engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, you gave a great example about the uh, kind of the reading component and, and then, you know, kind of doing that in the evening mm-hmm. with the families. Um, what's another time when you felt like you've we just an example of just when you just you, you've had fun with with your with your students. Oh well, I mean we we do something. I think Fun Friday is kind of a, a standard thing in our in our in our uh, school where you know there's like a half hour at the end of the day on Friday where we do something fun for the students that you know have had a good week and got all their work caught up. So um, I have a lot of breakout sessions in my in my classroom, and on Fridays we uh, we get together and we play some games together. This is one. I got another one to show you in just a second that's even okay, better, sure, but this, sure. is, this is fun. Um, there, there's a big popular game right now with the kids called Among Us. We play that. So the kids get together and play Roblox. So they just go in their separate rooms and we play, and I hop around through each one and oh, play with them a little cool, bit, play online cool, game with them. Cool. That's a lot so of fun. So they'll go into their, like, their, whole, their little breakout rooms, on the virtual right. breakout room. Okay. And that's a lot of We usually use them for like guided reading meetings so like well i have one room that is considered the study hall where i have my kids stay there and the and the mics are all off it's interesting and then um i have a second room called ask mr clark where if they want to ask me something they can come in there and ask me so they're not disturbing the kids in study hall and then i have the other groups for the for the uh guided reading sessions and then uh and then they all have links to all of them i can go into study hall and say hey so and so, can I talk to you for a minute and ask Mr. Clark? And then they'll pop over and meet me there, and we have a little session, and then then go out from there. Wow. So that's a lot of fun. But uh, we do the same thing with the games. We go in there, and I pop in and play a round of Among Us with this group. Then I pop in the other room and play with them. That's a lot of fun. But my favorite one we've done so far was actually this last Friday. Um, one of my kids, uh, I know her dad, because I saw them in the drop-off zone every day um, when they were in person. So I just you know, hey, how's it going, Corey? And uh, he is a big, he, he, he tells dad jokes like I do. <laughs> and we, that's actually one of the things we do in the morning after a circle meeting is the kids actually demand that I tell my bad dad joke of the day. So uh, this particular student's dad also tells dad jokes and she complains about it all the time. So um, this dad and I decided that we were going to do for Fun Friday, we were going to have a dad joke off. So we invited him on the call on Friday <laughs> and we had two of the kids be judges and one kid kept score. And the idea was we had to tell these jokes and try to make the other guy laugh. And if you laughed, you got a point. And whoever had the least amount of points at the end, you know, was victorious. So we told about, you know, 20 jokes each and had some fun with it. The kids thought it was great. And, you know, it was, it just, that's something fun that you can do that is engaging and, and something for them to look forward to at the end of the week, but also gets the families involved. You know, that's that's uh, wow! I love it, man. Yeah. I want to be in your class. That sounds like a fun class. I want to. I want to be in your class. It was. It was a good time. I won, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> what help? Help for people out there listening though who may not understand. I mean, how, how important is a principal in a building, and, and kind of what their role and all the things they do, and having to know all the kids. Um, you know, you, you know, you have your your students, but principal has uh, to deal with all those other things with 
in a building. Um, what does that look like for, for, for our listeners? Boy, that is a difficult question to answer without sounding like I'm completely just kissing up, right? Like, <laughs> like uh, but, and I, I do mean that when I really appreciate what uh, what Amber does over at Johnson. But her job is so important just because she is she is constantly putting out fires for one thing. Uh, I I don't know how she does it. Quite honestly, I don't know how she manages her day to day without uh, without pulling her hair out because anything that comes up, you know, she's she's taking care of it. But she's also just her, her positivity is probably the the thing that really keeps me going, mm-hmm. because no matter how hard things get, she is she's there cheering us on. That's awesome. Uh, we had we had a staff meeting today for uh, for Win Wednesday, where uh, you know she showed had this video that was a motivational thing that that you know some people might think think is cheesy, but it really made made you think and made you. It was all about being hungry, and not physically hungry, but being hungry and wanting something and trying to instill that in your students. Those kinds of things, and she and she uh, sends out a Google form once a week that we're able to fill out that says what's going on with you, what can we help with, what are, what are you struggling with, what successes are you having, and it's a way to kind of you know give some feedback. And she responds. I've I've filled one out before when I was having a tough week, and she reached out and 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 gave that support, even if it's you know just just emotional support, like you got this. Those those kinds of things are really important. Plus, she it, it's also very nice that she is um she kind of lets us be us you know what i mean there's there's no like you're gonna do it this way i mean there are some things that we have to do it a certain way right but for the most part we are able to teach the way that we want to or that we're comfortable with i think she understands that from being a third grade teacher herself that uh you know kids learn different ways Uh and teachers teach different ways and it's all about finding that good balance between both, and uh, and she seems very aware of that, and I appreciate it. You know, I can, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I've been enjoying talking to teachers, just you know, in our pie, you know, just, I'm just enjoying, just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling, just talking to you, just hear, I can hear the passion in your voice. Uh, you, you know, you love what you do, you love your students and the people you work with. Um, one of the things we look at uh, is um, down here is uh, one of our. Uh, things we pay attention to is just who's coming into the teaching profession. Um, and you talked about you, the RU pathway and um, kind of you taking advantage of that. Um, and we, we've just noticing that fewer, you know, fewer undergraduates are choosing the profession. Um, you know, what, 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 what's advice, what kind of advice would you, would you give someone about why they should join uh, and become a teacher and join the teaching ranks? I mean, it's- there's there's countless reasons, but just the biggest is the is the relationships you build with these families. Uh, I, I enjoy working with kids way more than I enjoy working with adults. <laughs> uh, true story. Before I became a teacher, I I was an investment banker. I actually worked in this building uh, for Amcor. Oh wow! Then, wow! And uh, and then other places after that. But and you know dealing with dealing with adults can be taxing. Don't get me wrong. Dealing with kids can be taxing too. But sure the rewards far outweigh the difficulties. Um, I still get emails from students. Uh, I still, I had a student today ask me to join their Google meets classroom that they decided to, to make cause they wanted to see what it was like to be a teacher. <laughs> um, you know, I, I get uh, Facebook messages from, from parents, um, that, that send me a picture that, that was taken when their kid was in my class and they showed me their picture awesome. now. And, and those are the, those are the moments that you really look for. And it takes a while to pay off. Uh, you know, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm getting to the point in my career 
where the kids that were in my class my first year are going to be juniors and possibly seniors this year. And I can't wait for that moment when a kid brings me their diploma. Wow. You know what I mean? And that's, that's wow. a long payoff. Wow. But now that I'm there, it's going to have that potential every single year. So those relationships you build with the kids and the, and, and the memories that you're helping them build. Um, I've always said that my goal as a teacher is I want to be that teacher and, and not for my own personal, you know, gratitude or making me look good, but I want to be known as that teacher is like, you know what? I really wasn't a big fan of school, but I had a good time in Mr. Clark's class. You know what I mean? I want, I want them to enjoy being a fourth grader and, and, and just have those good memories of being a kid. Cause my favorite years when I was a kid was, I, I actually wanted to be a fifth grade teacher and I was my first year because as a fifth grader, that was the happiest time of my life. <laughs> I was good at school. I developed my first crush in fifth grade. There was just like the happiest time of my life. And I want, it's almost like reliving it with those kids. Oh, so, that's fascinating. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is what, wow. I just, that is awesome. You know, one of the things that um, you and I have, we're, we're kindred spirits and, uh, our, our love of gaming, yes, and those gaming systems. Now, one of the things I don't know if people know about you uh, is you have your own podcast. I do. So that's a, another one of your skill sets. What, what, tell us, tell us about what your your podcast and what what is what are the things you talk about in your podcast. Well, I've actually been podcasting for about nine or ten years now, and the first podcast I did was all about movies and TV entertainment. And uh, we just got together each week, talked about industry news and the movies we watched. And uh, I got going along with that, and I realized that I liked video games more than I liked movies. <laughs> and so I wanted to start a video game podcast. So I, we'd pretty much do the same thing, uh, get together each week and, and just talk about the games we've been playing, uh, some kind of uh, you know, video game-based topic, and we, get, we field questions from the community, read them on the show, and make it a very community-driven show where people feel like they're a part of it. And, um, and we keep it very kid-friendly. You know, because I'd like to share it with my students as well. Sure, sure. And plus, I also we we write reviews on games. I actually have re- developed relationships with uh, publishers and developers, and uh, they on occasion send us copies of their games before they're released so that we can write a review on them. So that becomes fun to be able to show my students something that's published on my own website that's a written work that uh, they can not only read but you know see. Hey, I can do something fun with my writing. Absolutely. Where, uh, where, where can we find your podcast? Uh, it's called The Gaming Outsider, the and Gaming it's Outsider. Uh, completely free. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere that you listen to uh, podcasts, and it's free. It doesn't cost anything. And uh, we actually had our first video game convention, not this past September, but the September before up in uh, McChesney Park. We had uh, about, I want to say, like 1,200 square feet with uh, 18 vendors selling video games. We had three VIP voice actors from uh, from L.A., come out uh, we had a bunch of classic games vr stations for people to try arcade games and uh, nice. it was a ton of fun looking forward to trying to do that again we were un- unfortunately unable to last year because of the of uh, the pandemic no we're, we're, hey we, you, can, you can announce it we're, we're all friends and family here yeah. on the 205 vibe podcast you know we all we all it's all we share well, we, thank we, you we, very much. <laughs> I'll be sure to plug uh, 205 Vibe on, on my show this week. Absolutely. Thank you. So you, you talked about gaming. Um, what, what, how have you been able to incorporate that into your teaching? Oh, man, my, my classroom is decorated in video game, anything I can get my hands on. I've got uh, Triforces all over the, all over the place. Um, I'm trying to convince my boss to let me get one of those little mini 
one-up arcade machines oh. you know what I'm talking about because they're a perfect height for fourth graders right oh, like, yes yes it's just begging to be in a fourth graders classroom <laughs> um but outside of that i i have a, a tv in my classroom that we hook up a switch to and uh on when, when they're in person what we would do is uh, every week one we do a drawing for uh whoever gets to be the student of the week and the student of the week gets a bunch of things throughout the week but on, on friday uh, instead of going to lunch in the lunchroom, they get to ha- bring a friend and have lunch in the classroom with me. And then during recess, we, we play like Mario Kart or something nice. Um, on, nice. on the Switch. So that's a lot of fun. And, um, and so, mean, the, so the, I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off. I was going to say, so the fact that you review a lot of different video games, do you mm-hmm. have a favorite one? Do I have a favorite one? I mean, I, I, my favorite video game of all time is The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. I actually, uh, I, I, when we're done here, I'll show you a picture of my collection uh, in my basement, I collect. Remember the old N- Nintendo cartridges? Yes, yes. I got about uh, a little over seven hundred of them, and then I have another wall that's anything and everything I can get my hands on that is based on Zelda. And uh, I show that to my students at the beginning of every year, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> the kids are first off amazed that an adult plays video games, and is yes. so passionate about them. So right yes. away, some of the kids are super stoked. Others are like." Oh, great. My teacher <laughs> likes video games. But that's an instant connection, not only because I'm doing something that they enjoy, but then the reviews. I use that as a, as a way to, to encourage writing. Uh, I used to actually write video game reviews for the Register Star, and I took all the ones from the paper and put them in a, in a scrapbook. So whenever we do persuasive essays, I always pull that open and say, hey, look, I wrote a persuasive essay about why I like this game or why I thought this game was terrible, and, and use that as an example. And then I have a conversation about, look, I didn't like writing when I was in fourth grade either, but I found something that I enjoyed writing about. So that's the key is finding something that you enjoy writing about, and then it doesn't feel like you're writing. It feels like you're doing what you enjoy. What if you, how would you speak to, what would you say about um, this, I, this idea? You know, one of the things, we, obviously, we look at data, and obviously we're in the education business, if you will, um, so, so, you know, obviously at the end of the day, we talk about outcomes and learning and how do you know your kids are learning. And um, we've seen some data where some of it, you know, it's, you know, we, we've seen some where remote kids uh, in some instances don't fare as well of kids who are actually in person. And obviously it's new. It's a new learning model. Uh, but what would you say about that? I mean, in, in terms of, um, uh, you know, are we are, are we are kids, you know, are we losing you know students out there? Uh, as a result of remote teaching and learning, uh, do you feel like we've, where are we, are we setting, has there been a setback uh, or is there something that, or is it just more about just making the adjustment and kind of recalibrating? How would, what would you say about uh, the whole teaching and learning and getting outcomes and results for students? I think there's a bit of both. I, I, I think there was definitely a hill and a valley in terms of this year. At the beginning of the year, it was a definitely a struggle because I was learning just as much as they were on, on how to do this. And, you know, students are looking to me for the direction, and I'm the one going, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, it gets it gets nerve-wracking, but sure. things started picking up, and we started getting engagement, and kids were excited. And, um, you know, we, we have certain incentives for for showing up on time and actually showing up. I'm actually pretty proud of, of the uh, attendance that I have with my classroom. We had, we had, I had only one student absent today out of 29 which is tough for in-person, much less sure. to get them to wake up and show up uh, you know, sure. for a call where they're sure. going to stare at a screen for several hours. Yes. Um, and, and 
I, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm self-serving or, or tuning my own horn, but like my, my map scores were were overwhelmingly positive. They were going Good. in the right direction. Obviously, Fantastic. there's some that went, and it, I think it's all about the engagement. I think now that that second uh, assessment is is passed, we're, we're starting to hit another lull. Sure. Just because it's starting to feel very repetitive, uh-huh. and um, they're going kind of going through the motions, and uh, that's why I'm doing the what I'm doing this week in terms of contacting parents every day. If there's, if their work's not done, I'm trying to get that accountability piece in there to bring them back and uh, trying just to, to brainstorm and come up with some new ideas in terms of keeping them engaged. So it doesn't feel repetitive and mundane. It's just very difficult. Sometimes I feel half entertainer and half educator, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, obviously my priority is to be an educator. I, that's, that's the goal, but uh, I want to have fun with them too. You know, as we wind down here, uh, again, I really, really appreciate you uh, coming in, uh, Mr. Scott Clark. Uh, again, I'm your host, Earl Dotson Jr. on the 205 Vibe. And whenever I get a chance, I always have to give a shout out uh, to my man, my producer, Mr. Producer, Connor Childers, uh, who does a great job and is always here and uh, produces the show. So I always like to um, just, when I can, embarrass him a little bit and uh, mention his name. So I appreciate him as well. But, but Scott, uh, we, we got to have this last piece here, and we ask every person who comes. What, Mr. Producer, what episode is this? 29, episode 29. So uh, we're, we're not, we are not as prolific as um, Scott Clark, the name of your podcast. The You're, Gaming have, Outsider. The Gaming Outsider. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. We're, you can see we're building, we're, getting, we're yeah. getting, we're getting some broadcasts under our belt. Yeah, episode 334 just dropped about 40 minutes ago. So. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thanks, Scott. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for reminding us that, rubbing that one in. <laughs> I, you know, I would, that, I would, that's what I I'd expect. You know, thank you for being, that's, I, I expect that from my fellow Packer uh, fan friends. <laughs> that's exactly that what down. they would do. That's, that's, it's beautiful. No, thank you for reminding me how inadequate we are <laughs> and how, much further we have to go but we're trying okay i mean what would you say scott i mean you, you would you you know you would episode i mean would, how would you critique it oh so far so good oh, this is uh, great you, okay, well, thank you thank you, you you definitely have a great voice for radio man i i would i would love to chat with you you should come on my podcast sometime absolutely absolutely well yeah. great great that's good that feels i really appreciate that and I'm, I'm serious that you you do this and that uh you think we're on the right track here but we ask these three questions of every guest so i'm going to ask some of you and so uh, the first one is, um, it is Mr. Scott Clark's uh, birthday or holiday or a special occasion. What is your either favorite restaurant to go to or uh, what is your favorite go-to dish? Like this is something you could eat every single time. Oh, um, man. Favorite. My wife loves to make fun of me because I just, I just love steak. Yeah, <laughs> and I know it's like uh, Texas Roadhouse is they got the best gravy. I love me some Texas Roadhouse or Outback. But Texas, nice. I know, I know. It's nice. like my 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 old boss from when I was in financial services took us out to dinner one night. He's like, "I'm gonna take you guys out for good steak. Where do you want to go?" And we said Outback. And he just <laughs> laughed at us. I don't care. I'm, I'm easy to please. Uh, the second one, and this was I'm interested in this one because you talked about how you used to have a podcast around movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a if you're relaxing, do you have a mo- a movie that you could watch over and over, or a TV show that you could just watch over and over again, or your favorite? You know what what would you say? Either what you're watching right now, or something that you could watch. You're over gonna and over laugh again. at me, man. 
you're 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 totally gonna laugh at me, but I have probably watched the entire run of Friends at least a dozen times. I'm not gonna laugh at that at all. Oh, I wow. love Friends or How I Met Your Mother. I'm actually rewatching that now for like oh, the wow. fourth or fifth time. I wow. love I love just silly sitcoms that I don't really have to super focus on and, and just sit and enjoy and laugh every once in a while. Scott, thank you for that because every, that's why we do this segment here mm-hmm. is because I don't think I, in our in our measly 29 episodes uh, <laughs> that we've have had the same answer twice. So that's oh, why really? we, no, we haven't. So you, you, we have not had that. And so you've, again, you've provided some answers, those first two that we have not had. So I love that's the uniqueness of, of individuals, right? Every, and, you, and you get to know people, right? You know, you never know uh, what people's tastes are, what they enjoy. So thank you for that. And then the last one, um, Scott said you're at home relaxing or when you get in the car, or if you when you're in the mood to listen to some music, um, is there is there a particular genre? Or look the smile on your face, wow! You just started smiling right away. <laughs> I love music, man. I'm a Spotify uh, so junkie. If you, so, do you have a genre, or there is there an artist that you just you have a preference for? My favorite artist of all time is uh, Coheed and Cambria. I'm I'm guessing you've never heard of them. <laughs> no, no, no. They're they're. I'm gonna uh, write that down because because I I am also I have very eclectic taste in music. Oh, I do too. I like all kinds, but I, I lean more towards. Uh, what's the uh, name? Of, what's that? Coheed and Cambria. Oh, Coheed and Cambria. Uh, they're based out of New York. They are. Okay. Uh, I would say like a progressive. I wouldn't quite call them metal, but they're they're a little heavier. Um, but what's unique about them is the lead singer Claudio Sanchez is also a comic book artist. He has a comic book that he writes called The Amory Wars, and Coheed and Cambria are the two main characters in there. So each of the albums are actually telling the story of the comic book which is really, really cool, and the music is just awesome. You probably know the song, you just don't know the name of the band. Sure, sure. They were, they were featured on Rock Band. I don't know if you ever played Rock Band back in the day, but uh, uh, absolutely love Coheed and Cambria. But in terms of genre, I do gravitate towards the heavier music. My students love to make fun of me. We, I actually found a metal Christmas <laughs> album, uh, and at cr- this Christmas this year, we were, um, it was, it was like on a Friday, we were goofing around. I said, like, hey, guys, you want to hear some metal Christmas music? So I turned on like a metal jingle bells and I'm headbanging and they're, so they think I'm nuts, but. Oh, that's fantastic. Scott, Mr. Clark, sir, thank you. I, I, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed this immensely. Same um, here. It's, um, it, it makes me happy when I knowing that there are teachers like you in our system uh, who uh, enjoy what you do. Do a great job. Sounds like you you uh, do a great job of being staying engaged with your students. Uh, I mean it. That sounds like a super, very a super fun class. Uh, and uh, should come say hi sometime. I they am. Love, they love you know what? You. I, you know that's what that's one of my favorite things to do. If you invite me, I'll come read. I'll come do whatever. I am there. That's just part of what I do in my role is getting out there and, and uh, interacting with the, the students uh, and the teachers. So that can do a you, dad joke off. Yeah. If you, Hey, we want to get, Hey, invite me and <laughs> I am there, but I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Thank you for what you do, man. Keep up the great work. I really appreciate you. And, and um, I'm, I'm very happy that you're, um, you're, you're teaching the Rockford public schools and our, and our, I'm, I'm pretty confident our kids are getting a great education well, thank and a great much. overall experience in your classroom. So that means you. a lot. It was my pleasure. I had a great time doing this. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the 205 Vibe Podcast. Subscribe to the 205 Vibe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening now. Check out the blog, videos, and news 
on rps205.com slash 205 vibe.